0: How are traders going to trade the Ethereum Merge and is Bitcoin maybe becoming a risk off asset? That and more in the Crypto Market Talk this week. In this week's episode, we will talk of course about Bitcoin and Ethereum because the merge is nearing, we will talk about that in a few minutes, but then we will also talk about the potential alternative to Ethereum, Ethereum Classic. We will also have a look at Polkadot as well as Solana and Ethereum. ApeCoin. But first let's start with some news because some interesting stuff happened in the crypto industry last week. This is for example one headline. Circle freezes blacklisted Tornado Cash smart contract addresses. Now for the context. Tornado Cash was or is a decentralized application where you have the optionality to obfuscate specific Ethereum transactions. So you, for example, send in Ethereum from one address and the new address that you're getting is completely clean. You could call it money laundering. Others are saying it's just a privacy tool that people want to use. But now what has happened is that the US Office of Foreign Assets Control has put some smart contract addresses from Tornado Cash onto the uh, blocked per Persons as well as specially designated nationals list. Now, usually this list is specifically for terrorists and dictators and so on. So in this case, it's a very interesting case why Tornado Cash has been put onto this list. Now, this of course has specific implications. If, for example, a US citizen is now interacting with Tornado Cash's smart contract by for example sending ethereum in or putting usdc so a stablecoin out of the system they technically can be charged for a fine up to 10 million us dollars and can get up to 30 years in jail so this is no joke this is a big story of course this whole tornado cash story now the interesting part here is now in the stablecoin area we have usdt so tether and we have usdc and circle the creators of usd have already frozen 75,000 USDC that have been in connection with Tornado Cash. And now you can see kind of the downside of potential centralized stablecoins because as soon as they want to block your specific stablecoins, technically they could as in the example mentioned here. So 75,000 USDC and I do expect them to block even more money as soon as they see some movement happening. In the meantime, Tornado Cash's founder is also getting some heat. On one side, of course, his accounts are getting blocked. And on the other side, he may even face charges from that specific department in the US as well. And of course, on the crypto side, a lot of people are saying, look, this is part of being kind of privacy focused. So for example, Vitalik Buterin made the example that he used Tornado Cash in order to send some donations to different charities. And that, of course, you can use in order to send unmarked Ethereum if you want to kind of be completely politically independent from that specific donation. So Tornado Cash doesn't only have illegal use cases and I think this is a very important news story. The other news story we have to talk about is that Russia wants to introduce the digital ruble. So a CBDC at Central bank digital currency is supposed to come out in 2024. Now, why 2024? It's very simple. 24 is actually the year where the presidential candidates are battling for the new position of the Russian president. So, of course, introducing a CBDC and bringing some kind of potential advantages to the economy will have, of course, benefits to that specific candidate. In that case, of course, it will be Vladimir Putin who is. Ob- obviously trying to stay on top when it comes to um, his political leadership and i do think that the cbdc won't just be introduced from zero to now you can take it it will be more in a specific beta phase where you will have smart contract beta phases for example next year in 2023 where they will test out specific functionality now cbdc do allow the central bank more or less full control of the monetary flows and that of course could also mean that they could direct potentially some industries that are undervalued for example or don't get as much consumption they could point to that specific industry and then force people to actually spend their CBDC on that industry in order to actually make sure that this economy is specifically rolling So it will be pretty interesting whether the CBDC in Russia will actually pull through. We are already seeing different CBDCs all over Europe. Also, the US is starting to test out CBDCs. Of course, China has their own digital yuan as well. So we do expect that CBDCs will become a major topic in the coming years. Now, that's for the normal news. Let's talk about the general Bitcoin market. We have here a very interesting statement from a commodity strategy strategist at Bloomberg, Mike McGlone. He's saying Bitcoin likely to transition to a risk off asset in the second half of 2022. Now, currently, what we're seeing in Bitcoin's case is it behaves pretty much like a risk on asset. It Pretty much is as volatile as it gets, especially because the crypto markets can't be stopped at all. So they are running 24/7. And of course, if people are panicking, they will panic even more when it comes to crypto. Now McLone is seeing that Bitcoin could potentially be transitioning for a more risk-off asset like bonds and gold, and less of a risk-on asset like the stock market. He is expecting a severe recession globally, which probably will make Bitcoin shine. Along with gold and US treasury long bonds. So it will be quite interesting to see whether this theory is actually true. He's not the first person to say that. Of course we always have this headline of Bitcoin becoming the digital gold. Now the big question is will it decouple from the stock market because right now it behaves pretty much like the stock market. Now we can of course talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum separately specifically right now because Ethereum is uh, standing in front of a merge and we will discuss this in a couple of second and Bitcoin of course has some other great news going for it such as this headline here BlackRock BlackRock pushes into crypto market with Bitcoin private trust. Now interestingly we've talked about this potential partnership between Coinbase and BlackRock in the past. Now in this case BlackRock actually wants to offer a fund to their institutional investors so people can actually buy spot Bitcoin and when I say people I'm talking specifically about institutional investors so while we don't have a traditional spot ETF Bitcoin we will see that institutional investors actually have the possibility to invest into BlackRock or actually into Bitcoin via BlackRock via that new vehicle so very bullish news and we've already seen kind of the price jump up on this news as well and we have this very interesting line here had around 25,394 US dollars has been rejected. So almost crossed it. And I do believe that this will actually break after a second. Time here. So, trying the 25,000 line is actually going to crack this barrier here. So, I do expect this resistance to become support pretty soon. So, this could be an interesting time also if you talk about the Ethereum merge. So, the merge is the new story of Ethereum moving from proof of work to proof of stake. And in the case of Bitcoin, this could potentially be also a hedge against the Ethereum debacle because if the Ethereum merge is not going through completely clean, you would kind of rely on more proof of work chains such as Bitcoin in this case so Bitcoin could be your hedge against the Ethereum merge now talking about the Ethereum merge we are having a new date for the Ethereum merge so 15th of September is the expected merge date that means on this date specifically Ethereum will move from proof of work to proof of stake and in turn will reduce its energy consumptions by about 99 percent. So it will be quite interesting to see whether the miners will actually go with that news or whether they will kind of fork it and move on to something called ethereum proof of work and the interesting part is also that the girly test network which was the last test network before it would potentially go into production was successfully merged so even we've had three test networks all of them more or less merged successfully there were some minor um, hiccups along the way but that wasn't too much of an issue that would kind of slow down production now whether this 15th of september will be set in stone i don't think so i do believe that we will see a couple of days delay here in this case but in any case it's interesting that the ethereum foundation even pushed this a little bit forward we always expected around the 18th 19th of september and in this case we're looking at the 15th of september for the ethereum merge now how is the ethereum merge uh, looked at from a trader's perspective this is also a very interesting news story they are preparing to buy and sell the merge so it looks extremely bullish for september glassnote quantitative analysis platform has essentially said that if we look at the september contracts on deribit which is a crypto derivatives exchange the directional bias of ethereum traders is immediately clear call options Dwarf put options for size with traders betting on ETH prices upwards 2,200 US dollars with a significant open interest even out to 5,000 US dollars. Now we have about a month left for the merge date and an increase of another 3,000 US dollars on the Ethereum price could be quite interesting. It has been done in the past kind of this type of increase but I don't think that 5,000 is realistic. In any case I do believe a lot of people will buy the rumor sell the news. So they will sell at a specific point. And in this case, if we jump into the chart, I'm seeing two very interesting zones right here. Now, Ethereum as well has been rejected at around 2,000 US dollars to 2015 or 2023 is the price approximately. And it is still gearing up in my opinion for this price zone right here. So I do believe 2,173, is about the first safe sell spot if you want to sell and the second safer in my opinion sell spot would be about 2471 US dollars because I do think that towards the merge we will still see some struggles in the Ethereum chart and after kind of gearing up to break this 2000 line I do believe that 2400 maybe 500 depending on the hype cycle we might see. Now 5000 I don't see or I cannot see in this short period of time maybe after the merge this is still a realistic timeline but in this case i do believe that these two zones are actually going to be quite interested, interesting to sell if you want to sell your ethereum now jumping into an alternative we of course have to talk about ethereum classic and ethereum classic hits its four month high as merge approaches now ethereum classic compared to ethereum has actually a limit on the amount of tokens, we have 210 million ETC that are in the supply compared to ethereum which doesn't have any cap the other part is of course that ethereum classic will stay on proof of work and i do believe this could be quite interesting for some people to trade now it's not the only alternative because people are also betting on something called eth pow which essentially means eth proof of work and in this case i would expect kind of the hard fork to happen in many ways. So on one side, you will have a proof of stake and the proof of work coin and on the other side you will also have a pump in ethereum classics case now this pump we have already seen here happening so kind of from end of july the pump has been happening here and we even see kind of a double top here that we kind of remember from august 21 as well so i would expect this actually to not go that much higher of course maybe some hype cycle will drive it towards 60 us dollars but i do think that ethereum classic as a net work is not really interesting for traders. I do believe Ethereum proof of work could be more interesting so it will be interesting to see who is going to fork it and how successful the entire thing will be. Now moving on we also have to talk about Polkadot and another alternative for Ethereum and in Polkadot's case as you know we have these parachains and these parachains have kind of specific functionality that would enhance the Polkadot blockchain as a whole. Now Acala which is a stable coin has fallen 99% after hackers issue 1.3 billion tokens. There was a liquidity pool on Acala's protocol which is the IBTCA USD Liquidity pool and it has essentially left the door wide open for hackers to exploit. So that means essentially hackers were able to generate new tokens and steal tokens from the liquidity pool, which essentially meant that these 1.28 billion AUSD have been minted and stolen. That, of course, has caused the stablecoin, which should be at one to one, has actually dropped by 99%. Now, the interesting part is, of course, How will Akala deal with this problem? Will they kind of, how will they rebuild the trust? This is the big question that I want to see because after the Terra Luna crisis that we've experienced a couple of months ago, I do think people are more hesitant to actually trust stable coins in this topic and in this sphere. Now moving on and talking about trust, we also have to talk about Solana. Over 1,900 block-producing nodes in the Solana ecosystem, as a new report reveals. Solana, as the foundation, has given out a so-called validator health report, which essentially is looking at kind of how the network is behaving, how healthy the network is, how many block producers are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we can see here that 1,900 block-producing nodes with nearly a thousand. 688 of those run by independent entities and this is a huge one because Solana has always had this label of being too centralized and being run by specific entities that Solana is selecting themselves. So we're looking uh, currently at these kind of 1900 block producing nodes and we even see a 3,400 validators across six different continents so it's actually not too bad when it comes to decentralization in the case of Solana. Now of course Solana has had some technical issues um, but we also have to keep in mind that it is a fairly young blockchain compared to for example Bitcoin and Ethereum and it can still kind of develop further. One of the co-founders of Solana is actually pretty bullish on NFTs on Solana of course as well. And he is saying that I think within NFTs, everything is just really scratching the surface. So Raj Gokal is actually saying, I think NFTs have 50 different use cases that seem to be lumped into one. Think we expect the majority of crypto projects to make use of NFTs. So, very interesting theory. And that would, of course, mean that NFTs have not just this specific use case of being an image of an ape or or of a pixelated graphic, but also have the possibility to become something real that we can use in daily life. For example, specific certificates or diplomas can be issued as NFTs. So, I do think this could become a very interesting use case also on solana of course because as we know solana is also built on different nft marketplaces so it could actually become something quite interesting however the solana chart is not looking that well in my opinion i'm still kind of seeing a slow grind upwards but not really clear kind of emotion from the market so I do believe that Solana for now is still a no trade for me I'm still looking at this kind of this more uh, range trade to kind of get into the Solana price action and for now for me this is not really interesting One interesting thing for the end is Magic Eden wants to build an Apecoin NFT marketplace just for bored apes. Here's why. Now Magic Eden is one of the NFT marketplaces in the Solana network. I think even the biggest compared to, for example, OpenSea. Now, OpenSea also have Solana support, of course. Now, Magic Eden wants to build a specific marketplace for the Bored Ape Yacht Club NFT collection where people can actually pay using ApeCoin now why would they do this you would ask of course the volume that OpenSea currently is generating with uh, Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs is huge but what Magic Eden wants to do is essentially get a cut of that uh, slice and to try to get uh, people to use ApeCoin even more. They are even slashing some of the, um, of the fees that you would usually have to pay on a marketplace. So we're looking at around 0.75 where we have a 1.5% base fee per trade minus 0.5% discount for trades made with ApeCoin and minus an additional 025 discount for trades made by holders of Bored Apes, Mutant Apes or Bored Ape Cannon. So that essentially means you can get the fees pretty much down and this line specifically here is in my opinion the most important line. You do get 0.5% discount for trades made with ApeCoin and that in my opinion is fairly bullish when it comes to Bitcoin but if we look at the chart here I do think for now this trade is over. I do expect together with another NFT trend for ApeCoin to actually increase in price as well. For me the interesting sell zone would be around 8.23 US dollars. For now though i want to wait and see how the magic eden proposal is going through because that in my opinion will bring additional demand for apecoin soon that was it from the crypto market talk this week if you don't want to miss any other crypto news make sure that you subscribe to this channel i will see you on the next one